podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday on which Liverpool take on Fulham at Anfield in the Premier League. Five games left and three big games coming up, which will kind of define the season because if we look at our situation realistically, we're going to finish fifth. That is where we are going to finish. We're going to get a Europa League spot and... It's not ideal, but it's a chance to go and win that competition next year and actually complete the set under Jürgen. So, coming up, we have Fulham tonight, obviously. We play Brentford at the weekend, and then Monday week, we will play Leicester. We need to win these three games, and we need to continue to put pressure on Manchester United. Now, United have an easy run-in. So I don't think there's any real chance of us getting into the top four. I think Newcastle have some tough games, but again, it's fairly favourable and they are nine points clear of us. Our max total for this season is 71 points. If we win all five remaining games, it's 71 points. After the three games I've mentioned, we have Villa at home and Southampton away on the final day. Which, which will be fairly straightforward. We can win all five. I would suggest winning four and drawing one is probably the likely outcome. That'll put us on 69 points for the year, which would mean Newcastle would only need four points to finish above us. They play Arsenal at home next. I think they win that. They go to Leeds. I think they win that. They've got Leicester at home. I think they win that. And they play Chelsea the final day of the season, which... They should take something from because Chelsea are awful. Uh, They also play Brighton, which is at home, so you'd expect them to get something from the game. So it's quite easy to look at Toon and think probably 11 points, which will put them on 76, which is more than we can get even if we win all remaining games and more than we're likely to get. um, Sorry, more than... Seven points more than I think we're likely to get. For United... They go to Brighton tomorrow. I think they lose that. Then they play West Ham. And it is possible that they lose that. But they get Wolves at home. Bournemouth away, who are now safe. Chelsea at home. And then Fulham at home last day of the season. I really do have a tough time seeing them failing to get nine points at a bare minimum from their remaining six games, which will get them 72, which is more than we can accumulate anyway. So 
we've just left ourselves too much to do and it's unfortunate but we might as well finish the season on a high and if we could run off you know a decent run to end the season it would be eight wins and three draws from our last 11 games it would be by far our longest unbeaten run of the season it would be by far our best run of the season it would at least send us into the summer with some momentum and some confidence especially with a new system in in place and the new experiments regarding different players in different positions but we've got to start tonight we've got to beat Fulham they come to the game missing a number of key starters Mitrovic obviously is suspended but Andreas Pereira is out injured, which is a big blow for them because he's been very, very good. He's going to miss the rest of the season. A Tim Ream is out for the season. He's had a very good season. Willian is out for tonight in all likelihood. And Kurzawa is out, but he's the backup left back. But Willian, Mitrovic, Ream and Pereira have been fundamentally key to the season they've had, getting themselves into mid-table, being in a position where they don't need to worry about relegation. Five games left, they're safe as houses, 45 points. They're six points clear of Chelsea. If you'd offered them that at the start of the season, they would have thought all the Christmases had come at once. If you'd offered them 17th staying up on goal difference, they would have taken it. But to be where they are is a mark of how well they've done. It's a mark of what an an exceptional job Marco Silva has done. And they're currently in poor form. There's no way around that. Their only wins recently came at home to Leeds and away to Everton, both of whom are awful. But they had done more than enough by mid-February to ensure survival. So you look at Lost to Brentford, lost to Arsenal, lost to Bournemouth, lost to West Ham. Four defeats in a row. Then they win two, Everton and then Leeds. And they've lost to Villa and Man City since. So they've lost six of their last eight, which means we should be beating them comfortably tonight. They're on the beach and have been for months. They had their points secured by the middle of February. The wins over Forest and Brighton, the Brighton result might be the best they've had all season. A win away at Brighton was really impressive. But those games guaranteed their survival. And they just basically shut it down after that. I think they thought they might have a bit of a cup run that obviously ended at Old Trafford when the referee made some questionable decisions. And Mitrovic got himself banned for the rest of, well, for for eight games. But... They've got nothing to play for. We should be beating them tonight quite comfortably. Uh, we have our own injuries, obviously. <coughs> News broke last night that Thiago's out for the rest of the season with a hip issue. He's had a hip issue in the past, and it's just unfortunate. Uh, it's our own fault. We've managed him and used him really poorly this season. But he joins... Calvin Ramsey and Stefan Besetic were being out for the season. Bobby, I think they're hopeful he could be back for the weekend, but tonight is not going to happen. 
Naby's back in training, but who knows if he'll ever play for us again. And Diogo Jota has a bruised rib, so we'll see what happens with him. Um, this is Anfield has a lead story about Thiago. They've got their 10 things to know about Fulham. Let's have a look about that. Uh, number one, Jota being a doubt. Number two, Klopp didn't apologise to Marco Silva. This dates back to when Divock Origi scored that goal against Everton in the derby. Silva was in the Everton dugout and Klopp obviously ran onto the pitch and uh, Silva wasn't impressed and says that Klopp didn't apologise to him. Uh, changes are expected in the Liverpool team tonight. I, I don't think there'll be too many. I think there might be one in midfield and maybe one in attack, but that'll be about it. Uh, Mo Salah now has eyes on Steven Gerrard. He's just two goals behind him in the all-time scoring list. And with five games to go, you would expect that he will pass Stevie quite soon, which... I mean, Stevie, admittedly, people say, oh, he's a midfielder, but he did play most of his career for us, either on the right or in an attacking midfield role. Th- those are the roles that he excelled in as the right-sided midfielder or the 10. They're where he had all of his best seasons. So he did play in more attacking areas. Now, when he played on the right, it wasn't nearly as advanced as Mo, And obviously, he had more defensive work to do than Mo, but... To get to where Mo is in so many fewer games is really, really impressive. Sixth all-time in 300 games. One goal more than Fowler in 69 less games. 26 goals more than Owen in only three more games. That's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. After Gerard, Billy Little will be next on the list. I think he'll uh, he'll pass Billy Little and he'll pass Gordon Hodgson. Probably not next season, but the season after, which would be the last season on his current contract. Depending on how those seasons go... If he were to sign another year, Roger Hunt might become somebody he could target to pass. I mean, if he could get maybe four in the remaining five games this season, which is very possible with Mo, that would put him on 188 goals. That would be 40 behind Billy Little. So let's say he gets another 30 next season. That would be two, two eighteen. Am I right with that? Yeah, two eighteen. Which would mean that if he could get thirty the following season, that would put him into third, and he'd be, you know, around forty behind Hunt. He'd probably need another two years after that to get to Roger Hunt. Um, I mean, it's entirely possible. The guy is a freak of nature, and. I know people say, oh, well, you know, as he ages, he's going to slow down a bit. But 
This has been a really bad season for us, and he has not been at his best. He has been used really poorly. He spent so much of the season being used as a glorified linesman, and yet he's still on track for 30 goals this season. He's got five games left. He needs three goals to equal the last two seasons. Last season, he got 31 and 51. The season before, he got 31 and 51. If this is the bad version of Mo, what happens next year if the good version comes back? If Mo can do this in a team playing like this, what can he do in a team playing at a high level? And before he signed the contract, I made the argument that I thought he could potentially could potentially run down Ian Rush. Because through his first five seasons at the club, what we saw from Mo was absolutely historic. 156 goals in five seasons. And my argument was, well... There's one incredible season there where he scored 44, but there's also a season there where he only scored 23. He's averaging about 31-ish goals a season over five years. If he can continue that for the next five years, then that brings him to 312. And that would put him 34 goals behind Rush, which if he were to stay then for two more years, which would be 12 years at the club in total, which would bring him to 2029, is it possible that he could could get there? He'd be 37 years of age, but like when you see what Cristiano was able to sustain into 36, 37, I don't think it's outrageous to think that Mo could do it. And he's on track for 31 this season. If he got 31 a season on average for the next four years after this, that puts him within striking distance of Ian Rush. And he'd need kind of 18 goals a season, 17 goals a season, something like that for two years Beyond that, that would be, I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility. He could drift into a squad role where he still starts a lot of games, but he's not necessarily a first choice player. He'd be an incredible option off the bench. It's probably not likely, but I do think it's likely that he ends up second. I really do think it's likely that he ends up second. Two years left in his current deal. After this season, let's say he ends this season on 31. That will be 187. And if he does 31 a season for the next two years, that will get him to 240. 249? 249, which would have him third. I don't think we'll be ready to say goodbye at that point. It will depend on him, obviously, what he wants to do, but he seems very happy at the club. He seems very happy with life in Liverpool. 
And is there any reason that we wouldn't be looking to extend a then 33-year-old Mo? I mean, if you consider that Henderson is 33 now and still has two years to run, why wouldn't we want Mo to stay till 35? I think there's loads more left in the tank for him. I really do. But I think it the presence of Mo and Virgil and Allison and the ages of said players. Virgil is 32 this year, Mo is 31, uh, Ali's 30. Those are world-class players who need to be competing for titles. And my piece today on AI is basically we need to attack this window with a win now mentality. It's a big up, a big rebuild needed. There's, I believe, nine players in total needed. Four starters, five squad players. A couple of them are needed because of players who are leaving. But I think we have to go with a win-now approach. I don't think we can go for a Gravenberch. I don't think we can go for a Kefren Turam. I think Alexis McAllister makes a lot more sense because he will help us win now. I think Nicola Borella would make sense because he helps us win now. I don't think you can really look at projects at this point. If you're going to do that then all of a sudden you're going to run into more problems because what is the point in having three world-class players in their 30s if you're not competing for titles? What would be the point of having Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago and Andy Robertson earning huge money as squad players, which is what they should all be next season, if you're not competing for titles? You can justify paying them big money if you're coming close to winning titles. Last season, despite the fact he was poor, we could justify paying Henderson 200 grand a week because we were competing for titles. This season, you can't justify it because we're not. We need to be looking at these last years of Mo and Virgil. And again, like I think Virgil could play another five years look at Thiago Silva at his apex he wasn't as good as Virgil now he's not as good as Virgil this is the worst season Virgil's ever had he's still better than Thiago Silva I would back Virgil to bounce back next season maybe not to the pre-injury level but certainly to the level he was at last year which he was still the best defender in the world I think he bounces back to that next season. I think he's probably got another two to three years of that level left. So I don't see any reason he can't play on. But we need to be putting them in a position where for those four or five years that we keep them, they're going to be in with an opportunity to win the biggest honours, not being dragged down by players who are substandard or not ready. And the other thing as well is if you... If you flush out a rebuild and try and do it bit by bit and you go with project players, it's going to lead to other issues because 
Jurgen's contract is up in 2026. Thiago's contract's up next summer. What's the point in having him if he's not competing for titles? And if you're competing for titles, you can extend him. If you're not, you might as well sell him now. But if you keep him and you try and do this gradual rebuild, you have to replace him next summer anyway. Henderson's out in 2025. Robertson, I think, is 2026. Fabinho's 2025. Like All of these players will need to be replaced if you're not going to put them in a position to win. If you're, if you're winning, if you're competing for the major titles, you want to have some of the, those guys around. If you're not, they're just albatrosses, really. Just one last thing on Mo. Games per goal ratio for Liverpool. Ian Rush, 1.91 games per goal. Roger Hunt, 1.73 games per goal. Mo Salah, 1.63 games per goal. Fowler was 2.02. Owen was 1.88. Mane was 2.24. Mo 1.63. Of people in the top... Where does this list go to? The top 50. Only two players in club history have scored... Who've got... More than 55 goals for the club have scored at a better rate than Mo. One is Luis Suarez. Suarez scored 82 in 133 games, a goal every 1.62 games. So just barely, barely beats Mo out. And Suarez was a nine, Mo is not. And Gordon Hodgson, 1.56. Gordon Hodgson's goal return, 241 in 377 games, is outrageous. And he did that while also playing top-class cricket. Uh, Liverpool.com have... I've just realised I've gone away from the 10 things to know. You can have a look at that yourself on This Is Anfield. There's a lot of good content up on This Is Anfield, so do make sure you give that a read. Uh, we'll have a look, quick look at Liverpool.com on the Media Digest. Uh, Liverpool prepares one point, sorry, $110 million transfer package for Brazil midfielder. Uh, this, I think, is about Bruno Gomerish. Um Yeah, I mean, it's just not true. It's just not true. We're not going to sign Bruno Gomerish this summer. We should have signed him when we had the chance to sign him 18 months ago, and we didn't. Uh, there's also a piece in there about Thiago's injury. Liverpool could sign $37 million star like Pedri to help Jurgen Klopp complete midfield rebuild. This looks like Ergon Kaku. It is Ergon Kaku, who's very, very good. Very, very good player. I wouldn't be at all against him. I think he'd be... I think he'd be a quality signing. There's actually two from Feyenoord that would be worth us 
making moves for him. Both of them are mentioned in this piece. Gertruda, the right back, would be ideal because Feyenoord's shape isn't wildly different from how we're playing at the moment. And he is doing what Trent does, stepping from right back into midfield. Now, he doesn't have Trent's passing range, but who does? I think he would work very well in this Liverpool team as a backup to Trent. And Ergen Kaku would be would be a good signing. And I don't think either of them would cost huge amounts. Kaku's probably around the 30 million mark and Gertruda could be about 20 million. I think that would be very good business. Wouldn't be against it at all. Um, yeah, you can have a read of the rest of the stuff on liverpool.com. On anfieldindex.com, uh, Ben Poscott has a piece up about right backs. Um, Stephen Smith has a piece about kind of left-sided centre-backs. There is a piece here on Fabio Carvalho put together by the news team. News team back in action today. Good to see. They had a day off yesterday, so Eddie had to fill in. Uh, but the boys are back getting bits and bobs up for us. Uh, we have a Fulham preview which I think is Stephen Smith as well. It is indeed. And uh, I have my weekly ramblings up. Uh, Rebuild now or witness an exodus, so do check that out. There is the new Scouted. There is a Pro Plus for the Fulham press conference by Dave Davis. There is another Pro Plus looking back at April. It's Dave Davis and Mark Evans. And the latest Under Pressure is up. Dan Kennett, Simon Brundish and Phil Barter having a chat about West Ham, Spurs and the new shape. And that's all I've got today, folks. Thanks a million. I'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully we will be celebrating a win. Raw and the Nina Kauser show tonight. Make sure you listen. Thanks. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.